Hello and welcome back to the Literary Salon podcast. It is me, your host, Damien Barr, bringing you another book of the week. Now, this is an author who is sort of, well, rightly revered and slightly in awe of him. He is a Booker Prize winner. He has appeared at the Salon before, but not in the UK. He appeared at the Salon when we popped up in Auckland at the Auckland Writers' Festival, I think in 2018. He was on with Natalie Haynes and Emily St. John Mandel. We were all sadly in awe of our fellow guest, and I'm delighted to have him on the podcast today. It's a collection of poetry, short stories and essays inspired by a quest for environmental justice. It's called Tiger Work and the writer is Ben Ockrey. Sir Ben Ockrey. Ben is a poet, a playwright and the Booker Award winning author of Famished Road. His novel Astonishing Gods was selected as one of the BBC's 100 novels that shaped our world. This is uh, a gallimaufry. I like that word. It's not, it's not a self-confessed gallimaufry. I just like using that word. It's a collection arranged around one theme. Um, but that one theme, of course, has huge stories in it. So we're talking about water scarcity. We're talking about biodiversity loss. We're talking about what it feels like is happening in some places, which is the collapse of the society that we know. And that just sounds apocalyptic when you say it like that. And I think that that is why Ben has chosen this mode to to confront it as a mixture of fiction and non-fiction, um, different registers in which to speak, because I think the story feels so overwhelming. Um, but if we can position ourselves in it as readers, then surely we can position ourselves in it as citizens, as people with choices that we can make. So Ben calls this mode existential creativity and I'm really fascinated by it and I think that lots of writers need to be asking themselves what does that mean? What does it mean to write? What does it mean to create when you're living in the time that we are? When so many people feel paralysed and overwhelmed by it. But just as the world wars and wars and conflicts in other places now force people to face the human condition of death, of freedom, of meaninglessness. Um, then uh, Ben's, you know, Ben's prompt for creativity here is the existential crisis of environmental collapse. Um, Ben's actually a really funny person. <laughs> when, you, when you meet him, he is very impish. Um, and he combines that, I think, with a great seriousness, which creates a really unusual combination. Anyway, here is Ben with a bit more about his book and a reading from the passage entitled The Broken. My name is Ben Okri, and I want to talk to you very briefly about my new book called Tiger Work. It is uh, a suite of stories, essays, poems, interviews, letters, well, almost every single literary form I could think of to address this vast and um, incredibly important subject of climate change that is hanging over us as a species. I felt it necessary to use these different forms because each form comes with its own particular power, uh, its own particular strength and possibility. It is designed to draw your attention to the road that we must not take. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a, a, a worst-case scenario a, a story, but we need it. That's, that's the nature of our species. We, we need to be faced 
with the strength and the terror of a crisis, sometimes before we wake up. But then other stories deal with other aspects. They're not all uh, dystopian. Uh, the poems um, range from the elegiac to the gentle. Um, so I use this, the, these different pieces, these different forms, because I wanted to use a cubistic technique to walk around this, this climate change issue um, and the way in, in which it affects us in, in, in our lives. The, the book is called Tiger Work because I believe that this work of, of climate activism, environmental work, is the work of tigers. You, it's, 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 a, it's a tiger's work uh, in the sense that it is work, it is fierce work and beautiful work at the same time. Um, and those of us who do this work have to be both fierce and beautiful in spirit. Um, it's also called Tiger Work because it's an allusion to uh, the, the, the great poem by William Blake that every child knows or ought to know, Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright. Uh, that's, that's it for an introduction to the work. Um, it begins gently, uh, it grows in power, it is intimate, it is political, there are many voices, uh, many registers. And then it ends with a, um, an anthem, which was composed by <laughs> my, my, my daughter, who's six and a half years old, uh, along with uh, myself. We kind of did it together. So it ends with, with, with gentleness and with uh, hope. Um, I make no mistake about it. In spite of the, uh, the awesomeness, the hugeness of the issue, I still retain a fundamental hope that we human beings can turn this around. And, I, and the basis of my hope really is and the fact that we human beings are amazing, when our backs are against the wall, we are extraordinary. In crisis, we uh, astonish ourselves, we transfigure our possibilities, we find solutions with incredible rapidity. But I, I, I think it is awful that we have to wait till our backs are against the wall. We need to do this, we need to turn, do this turning around of this ship now to bring this world to a net zero um, so that we can... Uh, <laughs> live on this extraordinarily beautiful planet in a sustainable and intelligent way. When they asked me to come up with words that could speak to a world on the verge of environmental collapse, I had a crisis of my own. Fever runs in the veins, the seasons run on broken groves. The facts are horrific, the evidence overwhelming. And still we carry on as if no crisis were looming. Thunder hovers above our roofs. Earth shakes beneath our floors. What can one say to those who either don't want to hear or have heard enough? What can one say that does not paralyze some with the sheer scale of the problem? In the end, I wrote a poem of two lines composed of 12 words. The words are photosynthesized on grass grown on Hessian and floated on the brown river. Can't you hear the future weeping? Our love must save the world. Good Thames, glide gently while I sing this song. Good Thames, we know not for the earth how long. Two. This earth that we love is in grave danger because of us. We have raped exploited, abused, wrecked, disemboweled, and destroyed her. We blow her up, we blast her apart, we smash her. We detonate atomic bombs on her, we poison her. 
The oceans are acidic. The rising mouths of the sea will devour men on their lunch breaks, women at their desks, children wandering home from school. We have thrown at people distressing facts, numbers, temperatures, loss of species. Will undersea hydrates collapse? Will the bat and the rhino survive? Will the tiger and the butterfly breathe the same air? Will the fortunes of the songbird revive? Year by year, pollination slows down and insects, little angels, grow small in number. We still drive our fossil fuel cars, make flights around the world and consume vast amounts of energy. The car and the aeroplane, ships and long haulage trucks, the lighting of cities, buildings alight at night. It seems to be asking too much of us to alter how we live so that life on earth can survive. Facts don't alter our dreams. Facts don't alter our dreams or change our minds. We can't retrace the track from the cave to the spaceships. We can't undo the air conditioner or the computer. Can't walk backwards from space stations to the club or spare, from the oven back to the boomerang. Nobody wants to turn back civilization's clock. No one wants to regress. Fear doesn't work and guilt doesn't work. So I thought maybe love could shift our vision, shift our breath, shift our dreams. Maybe if we all do something modest, then the dead land can yield roses again and deserts be fertilized with marigolds. Then real change can be accomplished. Maybe it's not a going back, not a return to the serenity of the plow or the switch-led bullock or walking across the valley to the remote school or fetching water in a perforated calabash. Perhaps we've grown too complicated. Perhaps we've grown far too complicated for our own good. Want our fruits to ripen without much time. Desire the mango and the banana out of season, out of rhyme. I think that love is the highest economy of life. It moves the world with an invisible touch. In the Tao Te Ching, there's a light crammed passage which says that the sage loves the world as they love their body. If the earth were our body, would we do half the things to it that we're doing? Take a nuclear blast to the kidneys, smash the heart with metal spikes, frack the intestines, mine the brain with explosive rain? Nothing can save our world but love. For love is the last power that stands between us and extinction. Old Ganga, glide sweetly while I sing this song. Old Ganga, we know not for the earth how long. Let's turn the fierce force of our love to saving life on this planet. March and sing and do the tough thing. Demand climate justice that those who cause the greater climate damage bear the higher cost. Should the tortoise be at the same weight as the elephant? We have got to achieve that rare thing 
a quantum leap in our possibilities, from devouring the earth to making a world, from waste to conservation, from pollution to transmutation. Everything we need is here. Sun, sea, earth, wind, imagination, will, vision, love, mind. We need to leap right now to the next stage of our evolution. It's either death or transformation. It's either extinction or becoming a newer, more efficient species. Will the bees in the garden pollinate? Will the seed unfurl into new flowers? Will we harness the mycelium realm, create networks to the future? Will the dance in the garden levitate? Will the smoke light its own fire? Will the end of time be the beginning of a new world? Will we bequeath to the ages a transcendent light? Will our cars sail through the air with the power of our thought? Will the new energy of the future be spiritual? Nothing ordinary can achieve this. Only love can do it. Can't you hear the future weeping? Our love must save the world. What a line, our love will save the world. I just, honestly, it's almost too big to deal with. Um, but it's a really optimistic place to end that reading. And also this podcast, this episode, that was Ben Ockrey reading exclusively for the Literary Salon. Ben, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And it was so lovely to have you at our salon all those years ago in New Zealand. Tiger Work is published by Apollo, which is an imprint of Head of Zeus and it is available now in all good bookshops. And as ever, please support your nearest and dearest indie by buying a copy from them today. Uh, you can get it from your local library. And I don't know if you know this, but if the library has not got the book in that you want, you can order it, which is an author I love. I love that. Anyway, a copy of Ben's book will be available in an upcoming giveaway. So follow our socials, subscribe to our channel and sign up to our newsletter so that you never miss an episode, a giveaway, or an event. Thank you for listening and join us again soon. Hold up. 